Hey, welcome to Drop the Mic number 26. Hey guys, it's been a long time since you've heard from me. A lot of stuff has happened, just craziness. Had my computer kind of melt down on me last week. Yeah. Uh, but some good stuff too. We had just wrapped up our um, VR 360 night last week at Little Star. Shout outs to Little Star. Thanks again. Thank you so much for being our venue sponsor for this wonderful event. We had a lot of fun. It was really cool. We had three awesome speakers um, Tom Westerland from Little uh, Nice Shoes, um, we had um, Sky Vaughn from Little Giant Wolf. And um, we had a storytelling producer, Michaela Holland, who is awesome. And they're all awesome. They were all fantastic. And we had a great time. People loved the event and the content. And we love doing this this, this event um, every month. It's, it's a ball. And we're actually hoping to... Uh, we just submitted a, po- a panel to New York Comic Con, um, pot- potentially for... Um, the upcoming New York Comic Con, um, a panel for um, anima- animation and VR. And, uh, you know, we can't give too much details because it's not confirmed yet, but uh, hopefully um, hopefully we'll, we'll, um, we'll be able to get it and uh, it'll be a good event. And if not, maybe we'll do it for one of our future VR 360 nights. And let's see what else. We just launched a Facebook group. So if you are a big supporter of New York Film Loft, which I know you are, if you're listening to this podcast, be sure to stop by our Facebook group. It's going to be awesome. We're doing live screenings up on the site. Of uh, So if you've got any films or short, uh, short films or web series or trailers uh, that you want people to see, um, you can um, reach out to us and send us links. And, um, you know, we do live screenings. Um, and then uh, give feedback in the comments, and then um, you know we'll post up you know jobs and opportunities and all types of different things. So um, you definitely want to be up on that group. Um, and as you always, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We just launched our Instagram TV uh, channel. So definitely check that out. We're going to have a lot of great content coming to you. We've already started populating the channel with some stuff. So be sure to check us out. Coming up on this podcast, Sam Reitz from Millennial Ethics. We had a ball. She's awesome. And I'm going to stop talking. Um, so um, we'll let you listen to it. It was a great conversation. It went faster than I thought it would be. And... Um, you know, I think, you know, you'll love it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Hopefully we'll have her back on the show, on this podcast again. Um, but until then, um, make sure you follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter. All right? Until next time, peace. Believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Good.
I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Perfectly. Awesome. Thank you for joining the podcast. How's things going? I saw you on my friend's photograph. Oh, you're friends with Tony. Yeah, long time. Oh, Tony's awesome. I just met him at Nalip, um, uh, the media summit out in LA, and yep. he's wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. So, what was uh, what was your what were, what were you out there doing? Uh, trying to do uh, conduct business or pleasure or uh, a bit of both. Yeah. Um, I was out there to rally interest around a VR concept that we have in development. So oh. basically, um, a probable cause, and it puts you in the headspace of what it feels like to be pulled over on a highway at night in Trump's America, and what fear looks like from five different perspectives. Wow. Um, That's so, crazy. Yeah, so we, it was uh, well-received out there. Um, so we'll see kind of what's next. But um, it's supposed to, you know, a lot of what we do is in the social impact space. But... Um, inclusive impactful content that's in the digital scripted space so it was just exciting to kind of dive into immersive content and gauge some interest um but you know it's it's trying times uh it was interesting to be at nalip last week with everything that was going on politically in the u.s so um i imagine anyway it was a it was a beautiful uh symbol of solidarity in a very rough time for a lot of immigrants in america so Mm -hmm. um so, so take me back a little bit here. So you're from where originally? So I grew up in Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. um, in a very diverse family. So my, um, in a Brazilian, German, Native American family. Oh. Um, so it's a very, <laughs> a lot of layers there. Um, but I was born in America. Um, I was born in Miami and, um, mm-hmm. But I, I ethnically identify as all three of those cultures, so um, it's quite quite a variety. You grew I up did. There? I grew up there. Um, I grew up in uh, West Kendall, um, which I don't. Mm. It's pretty far out in a neighborhood called the Hammocks. Um, so mm. it's pretty far south in my, in Miami. Um, but my family now lives in the Palmetto Bay area, which um, is right by like the Deering Estate. Um, if people are like from Miami, they kind of have a better sense, but, um, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's basically one side of, (laughs) I like grew up on one side of us one and then my family moved to the other side of us (laughs) one. If you're like thinking Uh, of it as, you know, in relation to the main highway. (laughs) Just staying around that us one there, huh? (laughs) Uh, so you grew up there, you went to high school there. Um, what kind of student where you like what who are you like what was your you know like we all have these roles we played in high school where where did you fit in were you like in the music group and the <laughs> artsy group the... i was in the the nerd group <laughs> the nerd definitely, group welcome definitely um i was a theater kid as a as a little kid um and i did a lot of community oh, wow. theater in in and performance in the dance space when I was very little. Um, but then by the time I got to high school, it was basically all academics and all school. And I was, I really had wanted to be at like 14 to 16. I really wanted to be a doctor. Um, and so wow. I did a lot of like shadowing in hospitals and I was just kind of, it was all school all the time. I was a very uptight high school student. Um, <laughs> and, mm. um, 
yeah, I was just very focused on, on like meeting all the qualifications and doing the best that I could. And, um, but there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, of fun in the mix. It was basically all school all the time. And I wish I had spent more time socializing and community building at that age. Because um, I think by the time I got to college, I kind of realized, you know, perfection is like not, um, right. <laughs> that's not, it's, <laughs> it's an, an illusion. illusion, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, something yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> to technically achieve at any point in time. Um, but it was a, so did you, did you go to college in, in, in Florida, too? Um, or? I ended up at college in New York, actually. A small little huh. art school called Sarah Lawrence. Um, I know Sarah Lawrence oh, very well. Cool. Yeah, great uh, I was Yeah, I was lucky enough to get in and be a part of that community. Uh, I was an anthropology major. Um, wow. So. Okay, hold on here. <laughs> so we've been talking 10 minutes. We have you going from doctor anthropology. to anthropology so how did you how did that how, happen like how did that yeah well, did okay that so the way Sarah Lawrence is structured is we have um advisors almost like tutorial uh, advisors and they mm-hmm. um in my first class I had a first year studies the way Sarah Lawrence is structured it's on the third system so you get like a third of an art form but then you also have to meet more of your academic requirements and the whole reason walking into Sarah Lawrence mm-hmm. Um, the whole reason I had picked it was because it was the only place where I could still pursue the arts and pre-med at the same time. Fast, wow. fast forward a little bit, and I had uh, my first year studies was brain and behavior, and my, my advisor was a wonderful woman, Leah Olson. She's still on staff there today. She's um, wonderful, but she kind of sat me down and was like, look, you have your all four years planned out already, and I really think that you should take mm-hmm. you know, some time and focus on the arts a little bit. So I took a class. I ended up in a visual art class called Space and Place, um, and it kind of it, it combined anthropology and visual art. Um, it was taught by a visual artist named Prima Murthy, um, and she's still pretty active on the art scene here in New York. But um, that kind of first uh, sparked my interest in anthropology um, and hmm. and cultural studies a little bit more. Um, so. I kind of combined my interest in like brain and behavior and my interest in culture um, and studied speech writing and refugee studies and kind of, you know, was hoping to bridge that gap between, you know, the, the psychology of, um, of impactful content and the, and the like cultural component. Um, so that's kind of where mm. my academic background came, came to fruition. Um, I didn't formally study film um, not okay. in college. Oh, okay. Um, I, okay. I fell into film after college. Um, I got an internship with, um, Atlantic Pictures, uh, and they were working on a film called The Brass Teapot, um, that was a female-helmed feature, uh, by Rama Mosley. She was commercial director, but she, um, this was her first, like, uh, feature length uh, project and I was lucky enough to kind of come on board in a promotional capacity um, and then kind of that's kind of what jump started my my trajectory in the film world so it was kind of um, cool to hop on a project that was female directed and kind of female driven um, kind of fresh hmm. out of the gate so you, you I see like a like a little bit of a theme here <laughs> which is kind of like like I, th- I feel like you have an interest in the human condition of sorts, 
and people and but you also have like this creative side to you as well that I think blends well to what you're trying to like what you're doing currently which I think the evolution of from where you were in high school to where you are now I mean the interconnection really is people it's literally people um I find that fascinating yeah, I, I think people are fascinating. You know, it's just an exciting, I think, from the anthropology perspective, when you're looking at, like, all the different intricacies of humanity, um, how, we, how we perceive things, our, our internal biases, but also, you know, I feel like humans are inherently hopeful, too, and what that gray area looks like and how we kind of examine... Um, both ends of the spectrum and hopefully, you know, create right. stories that drive conversations forward or, you know, give light to some of the unheard stories, but also, you know, explore some of the old stories in, in new, fresh ways um, that help to bridge the gaps in our perception. Um, that's yeah. that's, yeah. The, that's yeah. the goal. Um, I think for a lot of us creatives, that's the goal. Um, so from a creative standpoint, so you said you, so you didn't, you know, you didn't, formally study uh, film in school while you were in college like so once you left college where like so where take me where you're going like what happened like uh, what was what was your first job out of out of school so I started uh, on the development end of the spectrum but then I was constantly on set so I was working in different freelance Mm. gigs um, I was trying to learn as much as I could from all ends of the spectrum so I worked a little bit in post um, production and got a kind of a feel of the landscape working with Avid. Um, I wanted to be able to hop on a set and understand everyone's role to the best of my ability so that when I was doing original content, I could, I could speak everyone's language. Um, right. So that was, that was right. the idea. So I started in a post world and then I ended up uh, working on the development spectrum, um, then working as an AD, mm. working as production assistant. I, I kind of, I hopped all over the spectrum, to be honest, taking different have freelance you, gigs. Have you been in front of yes, the camera at yes, all? Yes, I did. I did <laughs> try my hand at that as well. I was on, uh, my commercial debut was with Moda Nisa, um, and oh. it was directed by um, Sama Safi Bayazid and Mohammed Bayazid, and they're a wonderful married couple that creates really socially progressive work for the Muslim community in America and trying to, you know, um, it, the PSA was called Just Like You, um, and it did really, right. it got a lot of hits on YouTube and kind of went viral in whatever sense of the word that means, but that was kind of my, my experience in front of the camera most formally. Um, I had right. kind of done different, like, guest star, like, little bit parts um, here and there, but that was probably my most, my claim to fame, so to speak. Um, if you can call it that. Um, but it was a really great, uh, it was a great experience. I, everything I try to do, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera, it's how can we see things differently and how can we use the visual mediums um, that we're drawn to, to drive those conversations, like I said before, drive those conversations forward. Um, right, right. You know, right, right. Mm-hmm. But. So you, so you, you're not really in front of the camera person you really want to be kind of like you're really kind of behind and in the producer director mode or like what's your where would you think you'd want to you know like what where do you see where do i see myself uh 
Yeah, like what? Like where's your what's what's your your evolutionary curve taking? I love the writing, directing, producing role simply because you get that creative control over the final product. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that you you have a little bit more control over the messaging, and I also think it's a little bit more collaborative um, out of the gate because so many people are required to make the visual happen. Um, So I do love that that collaborative sense, but. That being said, if the acting role really looks at the human condition in a fresh way and I feel really right. passionate about it, then I'll step in front of the camera and, and hop on board creatively. Um, it really depends on how, what the role is and whether or not how it explores the limitations and you know, advantages of human empathy. Um, I think it's, uh, so I wouldn't say that I am exclusively committed to being the writer, producer, director. Sure. Um, I will step into the acting role when, when I feel like it, it demands it. When I really feel like something that, you know, in my own day to day and something that, you know, is unique about that role um, and how it explores right, humanity, right. It, it, that, that is, then I'll just step in and feel like if I really bring something to the role, then, then I'll do it. Um, but again, it really ties into that messaging. I think the messaging, the messaging is what's so crucial um, to, you know, the, how, how the heart of the story is really brought to the, the forefront um, is what's right. so crucial, I think. Um, but right. where do I say, I really, I'm right now I'm really focused in like the writing, producing, directing angle um, and who I can gotcha. collaborate with. But again, if the story's the right fit, I'll step, I'll step into acting again. Um, but it's a fun, it's kind of a fun world to live in because you never, you never know oh, what's yeah. next. And I don't like to close yeah. myself off to anything. I feel like a lot of filmmakers are that way or media makers are that way. Um, it's, uh, but anyway. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting, so, you know, to bring it kind of full circle in a sense, um, I think it's an interesting time to be in um, content creation, storytelling of sorts, um, because, and I, especially for um, millennials, right? I think the younger um, content creators now have, there's so much more, uh, they have more, more of a voice now, right? And I think they're going to shape a lot of our social um, responses to issues, to the politics. I mean, we've seen just this week where a young, almost unheard of politician comes in and takes over and, and kicks butt over someone who was supposed to win. And I think, you know, I think that being being a content creator right now, especially if you're telling documentaries, if you're doing docs, and so, I think it's really interesting because now I think this is almost like being uh, present during the 70s where, you know, filmmakers had all this access to the Vietnam War and the politics that was going on and all this, all the p- policies that were being shaped and all the opinions that were being, that were being pushed forward. I think we're starting to, we're, we're coming, it's going to be a new era of how content is perceived. And I think being a director and a producer and a writer during this moment in time, I think it's really exciting. I think there's the sky's the limit.
lot of ways. And I think thanks to platforms like Netflix and Amazon and all these other sub networks of distribution, um, there's a lot more ways for you to get that message out. And I think um, for, you know, you must be really excited about being in this space at this moment in time um, and how it, how millennial ethics relates to that situation. It's exciting. It's definitely, it feels like the stars are aligning in a certain, in a, in a, in a certain mm-hmm. way. Um, but like you were saying, Ocasio-Cortez, her commitment to moral clarity, I think it's that real, like that, that whole phrasing, right? Moral clarity and coalition yep. building. Yep. I feel like that's really yep. at the forefront of media today. We've, we've seen so much alternative facts, but I think that there's a wonderful opportunity for gender, cultural and generational parity. And that's what we're trying to do with millennial ethics. Um, We're trying to use digital content and the scripted space to really bridge that gap um, between millennials and non-millennials, but to really have the conversations that matter to um, hopefully encourage dialogue and invite everyone to the table. Because I feel like when you invite everyone to the table, that's when you really create that ripple effect towards lasting change. We want to get everybody on the map in a way that really matters. Absolutely. Um, everyone's seen that increasing really accessibility and visibility um, through through um, content creation um, and through yep. original content. And yep. I know that you're equally committed to that. Um, I love what you're doing with, with Film Loft. Um, it's exciting territory. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's another layer to what you're trying to do, which is, you know, obviously we, for, for us, we try to just power what you guys are doing, you know, uh, give them opportunity, give content creators and storytellers, whether they're of, you know, 20 years experience or whether they just in high school and they're just kind of starting to explore their interest in that field on some level um, I think it's important to have a place in a space where um, they can they can explore those things from all different angles they can talk they can talk to uh, individuals who have you know experience and kind of give them some guidance and um, in a place for us to kind of connect and unite you know those things and I think you know because my you know my selfishly in a lot of ways, my nephew is also just graduated from film school in in, in uh, Georgia. Oh yeah, last summer. Yeah, Where in Georgia? Summer. Got a lot of family in Georgia. <laughs> um, Atlanta. Down in he, so he went he went to Valdosta State University, okay. and uh, but he's living in Atlanta okay, cool. now, and he's he's uh, doing his masters now in, in um, at Full oh, Sail. Yeah. So I know Full Sail. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I selfishly try to try to, you know, trying to trying to hook him up and make sure that um, when he gets to a point to he wants to get serious and he's out there doing his thing, I, I, you know, there's a way for him to do it um, as well. So, you know, um, so how did you get involved with millennial? Like where's how did that come out? I was, I was working as a script reader and it, and I was coming across a lot of content that either viewed that viewed minorities um, as the victims of their storylines, and I think that that's kind of mm. seen across the board. Um, but right. I, I don't. I feel like it's becoming much more in the mainstream dialogue now 
but obviously <laughs> there are certain stereotypes and certain tropes that are recreated and perpetuated in mainstream me- media. And right. the whole intention behind Millennial Ethics was to create a collective of talent, intergenerational talent and, and cross-cultural talent that said, wait, wait, that's not the way these stories should be told. Um, there's so many more layers to explore and we want, we want to right. explore them. Um, so we started as an indie film collective and then in the summer of 2017, we got the opportunity, um, the Made in New York Media Center and IFP gave us the opportunity to um, do their Creative to Founder Lab. And so that helped us kind of come up with a more traditional revenue model and more of a, a traditional business model um, to the entire concept. Um, nice. And we weren't, <laughs> that's not how we started. We started just as a bunch of, you know, indie content creators that were like, that saw a need for change and wanted to facilitate that change through the stories that we chose to tell. Um, and that kind of evolved into um, a more structured um, company that both focused in media production and was focusing in creating an editorial model that drove important and spotlighted important narratives and, um, you know, tried to, you know, challenge our, the limits of our perception, um, both in the visual production and in, uh, in, and in the written form. It's all about how we confuse mm. old and new. Um, right. Because we feel like that's, that's how we're really going to create lasting change. Um, so, so that's how, yeah. we, that's how we started. Yeah. Um, uh, it, was, it was definitely not, we weren't thinking in traditional startup fashion. Uh, we kind of felt, again, right. it seems like we're constantly falling into it, you know? Um, but it's a really exciting territory, and we're really grateful to have had all these opportunities um, to explore uh, what we've been able to do in the creative space. Um, are you still doing your own, like, are you still doing side work on your own, uh, any kind of film, that kind of so, stuff? So our big two projects right now are uh, this virtual reality concept that we're shopping around. Um, right. And we're working on a episodic, a one-hour serialized drama um, called Just a nice. Second. Um, and it's uh, about a girl who goes undercover in the shelter system in New York. Um, she thinks she's doing something good um and in you know she thinks she's doing this investigative journalism piece um that she's you know uh really getting to the heart of the story but she realizes that even though she thought she was doing something helpful um she's missing so much to the story of all what procedural oversight really means the stories behind them the individual anecdotes what each girl that she meets what her real story is um and how the reality of what it's like to be homeless doesn't really match up to what we've been told about homelessness or what we've seen from a position of white privilege. Right. So it's meant to like right. challenge our stereotypes. Um, and that's, I'm inspired by another short that we did um, where we interviewed the homeless for three months. It's called Not One. We interviewed the homeless for three months in the city across boroughs um, and tried to really piece together the gaps um, in... Uh, in the narrative, hmm. um, but that just but that that's just scratched the surface the, of of the con- of the real concept. Yeah. And this episodic is meant to really exp- use drama um, to explore the 
that's always been like a subject that I think that um, doesn't get a lot of um, love. And when it does, I don't feel like I think they kind of do it almost like, like, uh, I don't know how to explain. Like, I feel like they, it's like always a happy exactly. ending to the story. It's, it's gimmicky. And we know it's yeah, not true. exactly. I feel like there was a film that Paul Bettany did called Shelter um, with Anthony Mackie mm. and Jennifer Connelly. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, and that, yeah, I yeah. thought, showed a, a little bit, that was a love story, but it showed a little bit more of the layers that are, you know, a, a part of homelessness. But that right. was one age demographic. And I think that especially homeless millennials are kind of given the perception, we kind of perceive them as lazy um, or, you know, coming from privileged backgrounds and choosing to be, ho- to be homeless because, yeah. because right. they, you know, right. are trying to, you know, have a bigger critique of society. But I think that there's so many more layers to it. Um, and then once we get into the shelter system and understanding what it's like to be a caseworker and, you know, all of the different procedure and protocol that, you know, we're not aware of that are so vital to, you know, helping people get off the streets and on with their lives. Um, There's just, there's just so much there. Um, So it's, it's been exciting to, that's another one of our passion projects and it's been exciting to um, dive into that world and really try to, try to do it justice. Um, Again, it's still, you know, new territory for us but it's it's definitely still but it's it's exciting and i think um bringing a younger focus to an 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 issue or a subject that normally doesn't get told like get told by a younger audience um i'm always interested in because i i'm always curious about how how um younger people see like an issue versus how an older person sees an issue and that in most times it's different. Um, but I was curious because again, this comes back to the whole purpose in a lot of ways, like you said, kind of create this bridge because only when you get everyone together at the same table, does anything truly ever get done. Exactly. And except, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, that gets lost in the, 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 the mix a lot, unfortunately, uh, especially these days. And I, we need to have more young people um, active on all fronts, not just in the political field, but all fronts. And I think we need to be diverse across the board, you know, everywhere we can be, because you never know where the next great idea is going to come from, the next great thought, the next great leader. You know, all of these great things um, only happen when people get involved. So that's, I, I love what you guys are no, doing. No, thank you. Um, it's, it's exciting. Um, I, I really hope that in the next five to ten years with, like you were saying, more of these um, digital distribution platforms and with live stream and uh, OTT, ho- hopefully right. we're, we're able to, you know, create more accessibility and more visibility for, for maximizing, you know, the, the, the unheard stories, you know, into the forefront of the mainstream in a way that, you know, often we don't get theatrical distribution, but I think that Netflix and Hulu and um, hopefully Facebook watch and, you know, Steven oh, yeah. Spark are yeah. really trying to, you know, drive 
democratize the way in which we consume video. Um, and if we can, yeah. if we can, if we can get more um, diverse OTT platforms in the mix, um, then I think we're we're doing something pretty cool. Um, yep, yep, yep. I absolutely agree. So, um, what? So when you're not on the job trying to create a difference, what are you? What you're what you're doing? What are what, what you know? What do you kind of do to unwind and and to relax and? Uh, uh, what 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 what's your fun uh, thing? I love Ashtanga yoga. Um, I love like Ashtanga yoga. Okay, so I know. Bear with me. So there's this there's this whole school of thought. Um, that it's like a there's a routine, right? It's, it came from India, but there's like this entire practice that's more athletic yoga, and they do and there's mm-hmm. different variations of the postures. Um, but you but okay. you know you're supposed to wake up at six in the morning and do this routine. Um, and then build in difficulty mm-hmm. over time. But I really love that. <laughs> that helps me. That's like part meditation, but it's like active meditation. Um, and okay. then, um, I really like sh- boxing uh, lately. Uh, that's, oh, really? that's kind of new territory for me, but I'm getting into it. It's exciting. I don't know. I really like it. <laughs> like, like boxing, boxing or kickboxing? Like, the, the, like is, or it doesn't matter. Kickboxing is fun too, but I mean like, actually like shadow boxing like real real you know oh wow really getting okay. into it yeah no. <laughs> um well the yoga thing i'm telling you darren's not gonna <laughs> it's just not gonna happen you know because i know i know me and getting up at 6 a.m is already a challenge but, the, but then tell me darren you've got to do something with it <laughs> i'm a i'm a workout in the afternoon dude you know but uh but the boxing i i thought about it i was actually there's a um, not far from where I work, there's a um, kickboxing place and I was walked past and, it, you know, I am, I have a background in martial oh, arts, cool. so I haven't done it in a long time. Boxing has always been something that's been part of that. I haven't done that in a long time. So I was like, hmm, let me think about it. So I'm thinking about kickboxing, thinking about it. <laughs> I just worried I might throw a leg up and it, it might fly <laughs> off or something. No. Because you know, so. uh, entrepreneurs don't ever get the no, exercise. Normally, it's, it's a terrible, terrible part of being a, a serial entrepreneur in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're the, on the go 24-7. On the go 24-7. Or, or even worse, not on the go at all, sitting there in front of your computer <laughs> 24-7. Doing it's, research I, or... or, or... Yeah. Yeah, you know, because yeah, there's a certain amount of um, yeah, of, of like this grind of being working on decks oh, yeah. and putting together presentations and doing research and and da da da. Yeah, so it's just like, come on. So I try not. I try to like balance it out with you know, I, I to play basketball Ooh, and those kind of go to yay. the gym. What do you think things. of the Heat? So. Are you a fan of Miami Heat? You do know I'm from yeah, New York, I do. right? <laughs> <laughs> she she said that flat out. She's like, "Yeah, I do. Yeah, man. You, you're not going to change what's going on, man." Um, I'm a New York Knicks fan okay, through and through. My, you know how it is, but um, you know I respect Dwayne Wade. I like him a lot. He's a good player, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe my my might get lucky, and um, maybe LeBron will uh, return to. <laughs> Return. Who knows? Today seems to be a 
busy day in the news world for sports. So I guess if anyone loves sports, today's their favorite day for them. But yeah, I, I don't mean I, I go to Knicks games and Giants games. So those are my fun things. I, I think everyone, you know, you've got to got to balance it out. And um, and uh, I'm also writing. I'm also writing a, a, a TV oh, series. Oh, cool! What's so, it about? Yeah. Um, it is about a police detective who is investigating a um, child homicide mm. and which ends up leading him into this high stakes battle for good news. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm really enjoying writing it. It's really fun because I love doing character development. It's like my favorite part the of process. the whole process. Yeah, because I feel like when you if you really do enough of like when you're doing it, you literally end up writing a lot of the episodes as you, you know, you start to develop how this person's going to evolve. Um, it's, it's cool. It's fun. I, I love that, that part of the process. The part of the process I don't enjoy it, um, is uh, the, 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 the whiteboarding mm. and the, the, the storyboarding. I hate, I, I don't. I just want to. I just want to get get it done. I just want to take the characters off a of paper and throw them on the screen and let the film be done. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get but it. that doesn't work that way. And until someone's created that, you know. So, um, the one thing I will say though is your VR um, uh, yes. project um, definitely keep me in, keep me abreast of that because. Um, I, there might be some interested parties. Oh, that would be great. Like, um, that that would be what I could oh, say. Oh, awesome! There. That's exciting. Um, I yes, we we've people have been really excited about it. Um, so that's refreshing. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like when you mm. when you have a passion project, you get so kind of in your head about things. You know, when you're writing something that you really yeah. care about, um, and you think yep. and you you think has a lot of potential. Um, it's sometimes you know you're in your head about it and you're super self-critical but then when you kind of put yep. a little bit of it out into the world and you see that people actually are responding well to it it's it's yep. it's kind of it's it's why we do what we do right um or yep. a piece of why yep. we do what we do um but it's, it's a lot like being a stand-up so i used to be stand-up oh, comedian. Cool. <laughs> that's that's hard and work i have complete respect yes yeah it is so hard and, and it's a lot like that because you when you dev- and so I do sketch writing now, but it's not the same. And because I think the risk of, you know, the personal risk to for a comedian is so much higher in a lot of because you're exposed, you know, on the stage. So you, when you come up with some these jokes, you you can try them out as many times as you like, but you don't know they're going to work until you get up on stage and actually do them, and. It's a frightening thing. Let me tell you. <laughs> I still remember the first day, the first time I got up on stage doing that, and it was the scariest moment of my life. And I have been in plenty of other scary moments, but this one I would put right at the top. <laughs> so I, I give, I completely understand, like the create, you know, when you're creating a project and you get in your head and you're not sure whether it's going to fly until people start giving you that feedback. Um, it's a tough thing to, to kind of put out there. Yeah, we we all got to be pretty brave, right? I think on the startup end too, you see it. I mean, um, 
I think we have to be a little crazy. We all have to be a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> you have to have a, a like a little, just a little smudge of crazy in there to kind of to be a cre uh, like a filmmaker, and it, 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 because it's just such a yeah, you know, uh, yeah. You know here's I mean, to right? the crazy ones. You know, it's that Steve Jobs yeah. quote. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. I'll take that all day. So, um, it was. I'm glad we got to finally. To, to talk and to I, w- I was very interested in learning more about what you were doing and uh, especially even more so once I, I knew you knew I was like oh Anthony's oh okay Anthony knows her cool she must be really cool <laughs> Tony's great yeah, was, so, yeah I'm yeah. glad you guys know each other too <laughs> yeah a long time I used to do like uh, when they had the uh, media center store over on 21st street um, here in the city I would we did a lot of events with them over there. Oh, very so, cool. Okay. Like film. I used to run my film and finance panel out of their, their store. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, yeah. It, I haven't done it in a while, but um, at some point, at some point, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about bringing it back. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I feel like there's always a need. Yeah, we always need advice on how to, one, how do we get our work yeah. out there? Yeah. <laughs> No one knows where to find money. I mean, that's, that's like it's a it's a catch twenty two. <laughs> yep, I always said if you find out, like I have a friend who's a um, he does he does he he does alternative um, he does film as an alternative okay. investment, and I always told him like you must be like the, the most popular person everywhere you go, because that is. Like, I know tons of distributors, tons of production houses, tons of editors, tons of, you know, so, but I don't, I know maybe four guys who actually have funded films and do it on consistent a consistent basis, you know, some, you know, somewhat, yeah, they're like, they're like every so often you'll see them post, hey, here's my next film and it's in variety, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, okay. I need to be your best friend. Do you need somebody to hold your umbrella while I'm training? <laughs> I can be, I can be there for you. Um, so yeah, I, um, I just saw uh, an article the other day. I think it was yesterday, actually, about Jay Z walking into the film yep. finance world now. Um, and I was like, yeah. that's exciting. If we could get more, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's just very exciting. <laughs> well, he's. I don't know if you've also seen the uh, video that was circulating with um, Damon Dash and um, uh, Lee Daniels. Oh, yeah. I don't, That's awesome. You have seen? Wait, oh, hang you, on. <laughs> yeah, you got to see okay. that. It's 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 the reason. Though that that video is the reason why it's hard for filmmakers to find money, because apparent apparently, and I say apparently. Because I'm not there, I don't know all of the story, but um, apparently for um, Lee Daniels borrowed $2 million from Demon Dash to do... Oh, a Richard Pryor been... biopic. I just Googled it. Oh, yeah, snap. Yeah. And he didn't, he never paid him oh. back. And so I guess they were both at some event by, like, they just kind of ended up at this event. And Damien said, you know, he came, walked up and said, dude, where's my money? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm just like, look, this makes it hard for filmmakers to find money. Because I guarantee now, 
anybody who wants to borrow money from Damon Dash to get money for a film is going to have to go through a lot of hoops oh, yeah. to get that money now. So if, if Lee Daniels can't pay him back, what change exactly. do I have? Exactly. Like that, you know? wow, that says so much about the, the whole scheme of like financing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would be really cool if like, I don't do you know the company Backstage Capital? Um, um, oh, yeah. They just, I, I'm really excited about venture firms like that. But if, mm. if there was more of an alignment or more film funds like tied to those diversified VC firms, it would be really exciting. I don't know if they've done it yet or if it's on the horizon, but uh, there is one out of Canada. Okay. The, the, um, the uh, actually one of our uh, our kind of advisors works for works with where so <clears throat> they we're trying to we're, we're we're working on some stuff. Yeah, so there's that. That's kind of, that's so wise. So here's. This that this conversation we're having <laughs> is exactly why I like having podcasts and exactly why I do events and exactly why um, I think it's important for um, for us as as creators of of these creative experiences and whatever to stay connected because we never know who knows what's coming else what's going on where you know where the next thing's going to happen there's been more than enough deals that's been done simply because I, you know, some, someone like yourself had a conversation with this person and was able to connect that person. Next exactly. Now, a film, a film gets funded and, you know, everyone is doing well. So, um, I, you know, I, I will always tell people if you can do nothing else about when, as you're creating your, your film or your web series or whatever you're doing, if you can do nothing else, make sure you are networking. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. I mean, just or, or, or talk, really having authentic conversations too. Yeah, because yep. I think a lot yes. of people approach networking as like this preconceived pitch and every, it's, yep. it's not, it doesn't feel like an organic conversation. Um, so I really yep. like podcasts, the podcast space because there is, you know, that dialogue or networking events that are, you know, have a panel, but then a Q and but a Q and A and a discussion afterwards. You know, stuff like that right. is really important. Um, and I know that you've got to you've got to cultivate. Yes, yes. Uh, that's that's important. I tell people all the time: don't just grab their business card and only call them when you need something. Cultivate that relationship as much as you possibly can. So it may take a little time, but it. Doesn't you know? It only takes two minutes to send somebody a note and see, just to say, "Hey, how how's things going? If I can help you in any way, let exactly." Me yeah, it was. I'm Sam. It was really, really awesome to talk to you. Likewise, thanks and, for thanks for and, taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you're welcome to come back anytime. You guys have something you want to promote, or if you're doing anything cool, you think people should know about. You know, we're welcome to the podcast anytime. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm I'll be looking to see more about what you're doing, both in the film and the VR space, because I'm on both sides that realm. Yay. There, <laughs> we need more. <laughs> um, where can people find you on social media? Um, I am at Millennial Ethics. It, that's two ends on Millennial. Um, mm-hmm. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
and Vimeo. Um, we do a newsletter called On Map It Mondays, um, and it's kind of teasing our On the Map editorial digital newspaper that's coming out. Um, but you can sign up for that on our website. And we're building that um, subscription list. Um, but that'll, that, it's a free newsletter, and it comes out on Mondays, and it teases our editorial. Um, but that'll, that's oh, the cool. latest of what we do. And then our big platform is Instagram, but we're on, uh, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, and Vimeo, and LinkedIn, obviously. But um, it's at Millennial Ethics. Um, hashtag swim upstream. That's our whole claim to swim, swim upstream. Up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go swim upstream too. Because it's hot oh, outside. Man, it so is. I, and I just got an alert on my phone about some kind of flash flood. I don't know what <laughs> oh, that man. means. But okay. <laughs> so, who knows? Right. But it was great. Yeah, who knows? Well, it was great talking to you again. If I can do anything, reach out, keep me in touch, and uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Yes, it was great speaking with you, and I'll, I'll catch you at the next New York Film Loft Happy Hour. <laughs> Yay! Oh, next one is on uh, July 18th at Delancey. Oh, cool. The Delancey. Right, awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be. All right. All right. Cool. Talk All to right, you soon. All right, speak then. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs>